Guys, do you hear it? It's everyone freaking out over Black Panther! And actually, that's a snippet from the score of the new Marvel movie that is out February 16th. But we're so excited about it, we're going to start talking about it today. And we're also going to talk about This Is Us, the TV show which has a big episode coming up. We find out how Jack dies, finally. Oh my goodness. Dun, dun, dun. Big topics. Before we get into it, um, I guess we should introduce ourselves and tell everyone who's talking to them. Hi, I'm Carly Malenbaum, entertainment writer here at USA Today with... I'm Bill Kevney. I write about TV. Brian Alexander, movie reporter. And this is Straight Up Hollywood, the podcast that takes you backstage and behind the scenes of your favorite shows and movies. Um, as I already teased, we are going to do that today. But first, let's cheers to a good show. Cheers. Clink. Clink, clink. clink. I'm drinking... Clear liquid today. <laughs> I think it's called water. Two hydrogens, one oxygen? Yeah. <laughs> Heard of it. Um, Ooh, chemistry. Yeah. Ooh, science. <laughs> um, okay, guys, I want to talk about Black Panther, but first let's play like a little more tunes. Uh, Kendrick Lamar helped put together the soundtrack. Let's get in the mood to talk about this superhero movie. heard something about this film this stars uh unless you live under, I mean, under a, a rock, rock or I something mean, you've seen billboards you've seen trailers you've seen clips you've it's seen the most black... anticipated movie of 2018 right well other than avengers but right you've seen yeah. appear in other marvel he appeared in the last avengers film um brian can you just for people who maybe saw a poster but don't know what it means can you give us like the two sentence description of what this movie is about well, first of all, uh, from a sociological or uh, uh, society level, this is the first uh, first solo movie featuring a black superhero in Chadwick Boseman, who plays the Black Panther. T'Challa. And, yes, T'Challa. And uh, this is all based on the Black Panther comic book from Marvel. Uh, of course, there's uh, historical precedence, but it's been a long time coming before we actually have actually seen it come to the screen. And this is a film which is directed and co-written by Ryan Coogler, who you probably know from Creed, from Fruitvale Station. And the big world premiere in Hollywood happened earlier this week. So only a few people have seen this so far. Um, But if you were to look on Twitter, it looks like everyone and their mom is anticipating this film. Two out of three people here have seen it. (laughs) I'm jealous. Yes, I actually came as a plus one with Andrea because I really wanted to see it. Um, We won't give anything away, don't worry. We know people haven't seen the movie yet. But we did want to talk a little bit about what the vibe of the red carpet and the the first big screening of it was like. Yeah, well, you were on the red carpet, and the vibe was incredibly electric. Yes, well... If, if you follow any red carpets, you know that during this award season, especially with the Golden Globes, a lot of people have been wearing all black. This is part of this Time's Up movement to show everyone's in solidarity with this effort. And so red carpet fashion has been kind of muted lately until the Black <laughs> Panther premiere. And let me just preface that the invitation said royal attire requested. And I did not know what that meant mm-hmm. until I arrived and saw like an explosion of color. There were 
um, women wearing like head wraps, these big golden jewels, African fabrics, men doing the same thing. Uh, some of the big stars in the mo movie, including Angela Bassett, Lupita Nyong'o, had outfits that seemed to combine sort of like the African fabrics and more modern jewelry. And it was just a really awesome carpet because this is just, we haven't been paying attention to red carpet fashion that much. Just, as I said, it's just this award season hasn't been a big topic as pe unless people are talking about wearing black. But finally, it was like an energetic electric carpet. And I actually talked to the costume designer on the carpet. Her name is Ruth E. Carter about um, why everyone was dressed this way. And here's what she said. I knew uh, all of the award shows I've been watching on TV, I was like, oh, you wait till Black Panther, red carpet rolls. It's actually purple, which is kind of great. This is our new royal carpet color, right? So we changed the carpet, we changed the carpet, we changed the carpet. And I mean, it's a celebration. And, and, and how best to get the party started uh, than to, on premiere night, have the cast and the crew and the directors and everybody participate in this, you know, explosion of patterns and African prints and just enjoy it, you know, and show how everyone can, you know, join in the fun. But, but it's a combination of it's different, it's attractive, it's colorful. But there's that, that African connection, right? It, right? it seemed to have a lot of different levels that would separate it from your typical award show. Yes, uh, completely. In fact, I did post some tweets from the carpet, including one um, that had a photo of Michael Coulter from Luke Cage. And he was wearing this red and gold dashiki. This tweet, I think it's the most retweeted and liked tweet I've ever sent out because people who saw him and saw some of the other stars in these African outfits were just overwhelmed. Like the reaction were gifts of people, just memes of like women ripping off their wigs and just being so excited. Like, yes, this is what we're wearing to the theater. Like Africa represent. Um, we've never seen a carpet like this. Well, you're the, in the royal uh, tone, you're like the queen of the retweets with that. I mean, <laughs> I've never had a tweet go like that. I mean, wasn't it 40,000? We're uh, on to, yeah, like 56,000 retweets because people were so, this is just not what you typically see on a red carpet. No. At all. No, that's pretty insane. So Good that for was, you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I tweeted out photos. So that was the energy going into this event. Of course, it was, it's a Marvel movie premiere. So like other Disney Marvel premieres, it had a huge red carpet in Hollywood. In fact, to get onto it, you had to, I think he walked through like a panther's mouth or something. Yeah, yeah, giant panther's mouth. We'll put a picture on the website. Oh, that cool. yeah, I saw that. That looked pretty cool. And cool. the whole carpet too was also covered in black curtain too as well. Usually they leave it open so that the stars can walk by and people can kind of gawk at them mm -hmm. at the uh, Hollywood and Highland Dolby Theater. Uh, but this one they had the I mean security was really high. Mm -hmm. um, they had the uh, the the black sheets all the way along to prevent anyone from looking. You, you mean only the press who was covering could see it? There actually was uh, a little uh, box of what I think were there were fans like cheering on. I'm not sure exactly how people got tickets for that, but what usually happens at these premieres is people are on the sidewalks like yeah. crowded yeah. to yeah. try to gaze at stars, but all the way along, it was completely either you're in a tent or covered. Yeah. Is that they want to create an air of mystery? I or? Think so, or maybe, I think maybe they did, yeah. And also, That's the, my guess. I think security definitely security. was pretty high. It was, a, I mean, it's the biggest event, uh, the biggest, well, I, I'd say the, the 
the biggest premiere since certainly since Star Wars. But those are mm-hmm. two really big premieres. It was on that level, and yes. that doesn't happen every day. And it also. Of course, the cast was there, but there were so many celebrities that were yeah. in attendance as yeah, well. Yeah, we were sitting on the mezzanine, and mm-hmm. you know that's a pretty good seat, but it's not normally where you'd expect all these these stars to be. Mm-hmm. But we had, I mean, Ava DuVernay was right next to us, Tessa Donald, Thompson, Donald Glover was Donald there. Gl- yeah, right, Craig Robinson, Gianni. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was, yeah, it was it was very it was quite the scene, mm-hmm. even in the area that we were sitting in, where a lot of people were networking. You don't often see people going out to these kind of events like this. A lot of celebrities were, mm-hmm. were there. For sure. And uh, we, as, as Brian mentioned, we got to see the, the world premiere screening of it. Brian, you want to talk about a little bit about what the reaction was when director Ryan Coogler went on stage and, and, and throughout the movie? It was just electric. And, and obviously, we're, we're, we're not allowed to say exactly mm-hmm. you know how we feel about the, the movie. There's still a uh, very strict embargo. <laughs> we can't say that, but I can't about say it. that you sound like you hate it. In, <laughs> yeah, it was the worst. No, inside the theater, as soon as when Ryan Coogler came out, people were just going nuts, and it's such a big cast. Of course, Chadwick Boseman playing the Black Panther. Michael B. Jordan, Lapita Nyong'o, uh, yeah. all the way through came out, and people were just really going nuts. And also during the entire film, there was an, a, a lot of people shouting at the screen during uh, mm-hmm. many of the uh, pretty intense moments. So I'd have to say uh, a very electric atmosphere. Sure. And is, is there what can you say? Uh, just a quick description of what what's going on in the film. I mean, without give, we know the background, right? That's a. Uh, a mythical country in Africa? and That's right. So it's set in Wakanda, which is this futuristic country uh, in Africa. And where we leave off from the last movie, we learn that T'Challa, a.k.a. Black Panther, his father has died. And so that means he will become king. It's sort of an, his origin story, if you will. Oh. Futuristic and yet ancient. To keep the air of mystery, uh, there was a massive uh, party at the Roosevelt Hotel, of which we were not invited. We were not. In <laughs> fact. Really? Had, That's unusual. Yeah. I, know. Yeah. I almost, I accidentally, I got into a, a, a great entourage. I didn't even know I was following these people. And I almost made it through without the wristband and then was uh, called back. Well, really? So really? Yeah. You yeah. were about, oh, oh, yeah, they were really oh that would have been cool. That would have been. So I even had a wristband for the red carpet, which is apparently a different color than the after party wristband. And I didn't I I honestly didn't know what the difference was. So I was like going to the party and they're like, no, no, no. Like, where is your after party band? I'm like, oh, sorry. But listen, I'm telling you the truth. I left my jacket on the carpet and I really want to go back and That's get the it. the lamest excuse ever. And they're like, yo, okay. I'm like, no, no, no. Like, I really, <laughs> is there any way, like, is there a lost and found? Is there a way oh. you can go? Because the carpet is on your way to the party. So they didn't want anyone going in that direction. Yeah. Finally, they were pretty tight. Finally, they're like, all right, We'll have someone escort you oh to god. get your jacket. Don't let her go into the party. Oh my god, that's hilarious! <laughs> like, okay, oh wow, I'm not going into the party, guys. My jacket was there. I'm really excited, but I did not go into the party. You know, but I can't say this is what we did miss. Uh, uh, oh yeah, you heard the. Gossip. I did talk to Chad Chadwick Boseman, uh, who uh, let us know what happened. So here's Chadwick talking about what we missed at the after party. Usher was dancing on the table. Snoop Dogg was having a great time. <laughs> Snoop Dogg had a great time. Well, I think you know already. <laughs> just, to, just to see like all the different people's responses to it, um, uh, celebrity responses. Jamie Foxx. Jamie Foxx. I don't even. I didn't see him at the party. I saw him in the theater, um, but he was already partying and festive before before the party. Seeing my my mom 
watch what was going on and, and being able to introduce her to, to certain people. When Miss Bassett came over, uh, Janelle Monet and Tessa Thompson came over, you know what I'm saying? Like, she's, you know, she's the queen mother, so she gets to meet everybody, you know what I'm saying? So it, that, that is, was my favorite part of the night. We were so close, Brian. So close. We're well, so close. Oh, well, we'll have to uh, do our own little Black Panther celebration. But uh, we'll be able to talk about this more yes. next week. Yes. So that's our little teaser of Black Panther. Uh, we have a feeling this movie is going to be a big deal. So we will continue this conversation in future podcasts. Um, before we do, we got to talk about one of the most popular TV shows on right now. This is Us. Um, you've probably seen it, and if you haven't, you probably know that there's an important episode coming up because there's so much hype around this. Uh, Bill, can you tell us about Jack and about this episode? Sure. Uh, I mean, this show's kind of caught people's attention in TV. It's one of the top dramas. It just won a big award at the SAG Awards, the mm -hmm. Ensemble Award, which is kind of their big show award. The show exists in, a in, in some different timelines. And it was a surprise, one of the big surprises when it first premiered in uh, the first season in 2016 was that the father, Jack, the uh, Jack Pearson, and he's uh, married to Rebecca, who's Mandy Moore, and Jack is Milo Ventimiglia. They have three kids. What we found out, the surprise twist, is that at the end we realized that he's actually dead because they'd been paralleling these timelines. Right. Um, but ever since then that's caught the public's fancy. They want to know how Jack died. And there was kind of a faint that maybe it was drunk driving at the end of the first season, and then it wasn't. And a n number of people got upset with that. Uh, this they year... They got upset that that would be the cause? No, that, that, that it wasn't. They thought okay. it was a misdirection kind of thing. Oh, I see. And then this year, they've been... Uh, I, I talked to the creator and executive producer, Dan Fogelman, they focused very strongly in the first episode. They showed that a, a house fire was connected, but they didn't say exactly how he died. They went on to a bunch of different stories this season involving the kids, the big three, as they're called, personal stories. One, one a character, Kate, was pregnant. Another, Randall, tried to adopt a child. And a third, Kevin, was in a big movie, but then he had some substance abuse issues, and he got back together with his ex-wife, and then they broke up. So it's been all this stuff. They come back to setting up uh, what happened with the fire. Last uh, The episode on January 23rd showed the start of the fire, which got all this attention because it was a slow cooker, and um, all these people were tweeting about crockpots and stuff. And oh, God. Yeah. They all, <laughs> yeah. and, and in this Sunday's episode, um, they're actually going to give the answer of what caused Jack's death. Okay, Bill. Yes. What do you know and what can you tell us about Jack's death? Jack? Because I've seen fire. Yeah. I'm predicting fire. Well, well yes, that's like the big tease. <laughs> well, it's Brian a, nails it. <laughs> yeah, well, I talked to the, First of all, they often give us out episodes in advance, and they won't give, they us, won't this give us this one. episode so in advance. So specifically did Dan Fogelman, the creator, he said they're gonna. Well, he said they're going to give absolute answers. I think they're, they don't want to think they're going to be led along and, and viewers and have their, uh, you know, rug pulled out from under them. I think they're happy that people are interested, but they don't want them to become obsessed on that stuff. We're going to find out specifically how he died. Uh, we're also going to find out the kids have had various reactions. Kate, uh, who's played by Chrissy Metz, told her fiancé one episode last year that it was uh, her fault. 
So maybe we'll find oh, out. The Jack's death was yeah, so we'll find so a we connection to that. Okay. Kevin, who's played by Justin Hartley, wasn't there. We already know he wasn't there the night of the fire. He was at his girlfriend's house, and he's had a problem processing it uh, regarding his dad. We'll find out a little more about that and his absence and how that affects him. He also dropped a hint. Uh, there's Dan a did. Dan did. There's a, a dog that they've kind of adopted, and the do- there's a story for the dog in this. So okay, so what we know is fire is almost definitely a part of it. Yes. Dog plays into this. Kate, it was maybe her fault, or she just thinks it is for some reason. We'll, we'll find out. We'll find out why she feels the way she does, which has been been played out over time. And just a reminder that this episode is the one that airs right after the Super Bowl. Yeah, it's scheduled for roughly 10:15 Eastern and 7:15 Pacific, but that could adjust and NBC's put out all these things about when it will be available. It's going to get a lot more viewers than a usual episode and the show does really well. Uh, Dan said that he thinks a first-time viewer uh, could actually, of course, he's going to say that. Catch on. <laughs> well, well, he, he might not. Well, he, he <laughs> well, here's what he said. And don't start watching after funny. the Super Bowl. I, yeah. If you haven't watched, don't start. <laughs> well, here's here's what he said. Okay, okay, we'll listen. I think that the story in itself is kind of explained within the story, and it's not so complicated. I mean, this isn't lost. It's not so complicated. Yeah. You're like, where? What, what is the smoke monster, and what's underneath the hatch? I mean, this is pretty. There's three kids. One of them is adopted, and something. Tri- you know, befell this family on this particular night. And mm-hmm. I think it's pretty easy to dive in if you want to. What I think is interesting in some ways is we've always said the family, Jack's story and the family story is more than about his death. And I think it's very possible to watch this episode as the first episode you've ever seen of the show and then go start with episode one. You'll watch it through a slightly different lens than those who have gone in order, you know, would watch it through. But it wouldn't ruin the show for you. And, and it, like you know, and I was going to say that. <laughs> if you watch what? Memento. Memento the wrong ba- way. Back. Like, oh, this is yeah, backwards. It's like the most boring movie. <laughs> he talked about, you know, that he thinks it'll be, it'll be pretty heavy and sad, but there'll be some laughs and uh, some other uplifting elements. And this is what he said. We explore some pretty intense, heavy stuff. I think our show is made by optimists and um, and romantics. And even in our hardest episodes, I think that comes through. Mm-hmm. Um, even our saddest stuff is not ugly. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's done with love and. Um, I think by the end of this episode, you go on a journey for an hour with us after the Super Bowl. And at the end, you might be exhausted. You'll have had a couple of laughs. You'll have really, hopefully, been moved and felt. But I think there is a degree of um, it's going to be okay mm-hmm. at the end here. There has been such hype around this episode, the, the episode where we find out how Jack dies, that even on uh, the SAG Awards carpet, People were asking me about this, trying to get like teasers oh. out of him, and he wouldn't say anything. But he he was uh, talking with some of his co-stars, and since he wouldn't ask answer any question about that, I was just like, oh, you know, are you guys on set? Does it feel like even though you're the same age in different timelines, he's like your father? Is there any sort of paternal relationship? And his castmates were saying, you know, Milo Ventimiglio is on set all the time, even when he's not on scenes, because he just feels like it's like your father watching over you. So he's kind of established that 
mm-hmm. sort of omnipresent vibe even on set, which I thought was interesting. I'm like, wait, what do you what do you mean you're just sitting there? Are you like playing games in between takes? He's like, no, just observing, just observing the great actors at work, which I don't think everyone does. And um, then oh, and then they have uh, just to follow up. They'll be the cast will be on the Tonight Show that night with Jimmy Fallon, which is uh, shooting in Minneapolis. So they'll be there for that. And then there's another episode on Tuesday in the regular oh. time slot, which will kind of build off whatever happened in the Super Bowl episode. And then they're off for a few weeks because of the Olympics, and then they're back with their last episodes. So this is us fans. A lot to look forward to starting Sunday. This is the last call for alcohol this evening. Drink up, drink up, drink up, and order again. Well, I think this brings us to Last Call. This is our uh, segment we do sometimes where we talk about something unusual, funny, interesting, shareable that happened during our last week of reporting. Okay, so I was walking out of the... uh uh, the, the junket uh, for Black Panther, and there was a limo driver. He had a sign for Winston Duke, uh, of course. Winston yes, he's in Black Panther. Yes, he, he plays. He's an actor who is six feet four. <laughs> six feet four from <laughs> Trinidad. Huge guy and great presence. And somehow this limo driver thought five foot eight, schlumpy white reporter Brian Alexander was Winston Duke. Wait, what, did, what did the driver he say? He had a sign, and he was smiling. He came up to me, and he's like, and so I just went, oh, yeah, I'm Winston Duke. And so we started walking to the limo, and I'm like, I'm about to get in Winston Duke Wait, limo. Wait, getting a free ride? Yeah. <laughs> and then I was like, I'm just joking. I'm not Winston Duke. And everybody, you know, all these like computer, all these like comic book nerds are all laughing at me because you know, the whole idea. I told the guy, I was like, ten minutes from now, when the real Winston Duke walks out, you're gonna get you're a good laugh. <laughs> <laughs> That's wow. pretty good. No, that's your celebrity lookalike. That's my Duke. <laughs> you should say you're Duke Winston and you're some kind of royalty. Yeah, maybe, maybe we'll put a a, a, pic, a side-by-side picture on yeah. the website. <laughs> oh, my God, I didn't see that. Um, guys, I have a last call that I it was easy to think of because I am so sore remembering this last call. Um, this is from earlier this week when I did a Tomb Raider workout. I went to Croft Camp to learn how to train like Laura Croft, the star of the Tomb Raider reboot uh, in the film. Alicia Vikander takes on the action hero. And if you you know Alicia Vikander, you probably think of her as like pretty like slender. She used to be a ballet dancer. And in this movie, she gained 12 pounds of straight muscle. She is like toned arms. Her back is really muscular. Um, if you saw her at the Academy Awards last year, she debuted this whole new physique where she does look like an action hero now. Anyway, I say all that because I did her workout. Amazing. <laughs> for only one hour, you know, compared to her many, many months. <laughs> and I'm like, I am so sore. Um, do you want to hear just like yeah, what do you do? tease of some things I did? Uh, part of our workout was MMA training, mixed martial arts. Oh, look out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We uh, had these thick pads that we partnered up. We had thick pads that one partner held the pad and the other person punched and kicked the pad. So when you are the puncher and kicker, this actually still kind of hurts just because any you know contact with a sort of hard surface, it doesn't feel great. Worse than that, though, is when you're the one holding the pad and someone comes at you, like literally punching and kicking you. I was partnered up with a very sweet girl 
who I later learned was a full-time trainer and had done some boxing. (laughs) (laughs) She just destroyed. (laughs) <laughs> at one point I, I caught like a scratch on my face I like went through what? Did she hit you or did the pad hit you? Right? What happened? Were you holding the pad up I near your face? I was holding the bag oh. up Oh enough. the bag and So I like moved back a little and it kind of like missed oh. and like hit me in the face I don't say anything you, you can't tell anyone? You're all good Oh good I covered it You look lethal Thank you But anyway all that to say that one hour of Yes I was voguing Our listeners can't see that but I was voguing Um <laughs> All I say, one hour of Alicia's very strenuous workout uh, was brutal for this uh, film. Yeah. yeah, she was a weapon. She she did rock climbing. She was swimming. She did you know, the MMA fighting. She did. She tried to do as many of her own stunts as possible. Um, but that movie doesn't come out till March, so I'll have more. Yes. Yeah, so that's just on my mind because I can barely walk. But I'll have more uh, next month when uh, the new Tomb Raider comes out. And we'll discuss that movie. I think that's it for now. Thanks for listening, everyone. This has been Straight Up Hollywood. If you like what you heard, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Tell your friends about it. And you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at that girl Carly. I'm at Bill Kev. And I'm at Bri Alexander. Talk to you next week. Bye.